are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a June 16th Saturday night edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor over at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire site, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, here with a weekend edition, uh, we're going to have a couple more episodes uh, about the NBA draft coming up, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I just wanted to give you a heads up that on this recording, uh, Sean Hyken, my guest, uh, NBA writer for many places, and uh, you know, one of my uh, good friends in the industry, uh, came on the podcast. We, we we chatted it up. We did our old uh, network uh, reset with uh, the, the the fake reality shows that we have on. Uh, uh, when, when we do the podcast together. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that Sean's mic was a little hot. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of an echo. That's, that's more of what I just wanted to give you a heads up about. Uh, I still think it was a great pod. It was a really fun conversation. Uh, but I just thought uh, it was right for me to let you know that it, Sean's mic sounds just a little weird in, in this episode. So uh, really sorry about that. Uh, but... Uh, we're going to have a lot more draft content coming your way this week. The draft is on Thursday, uh, and, and Sean and I had a really good time talking about uh, some of the big moves that uh, could determine the, the NBA offseason. And I think you know the entire ecosystem of the NBA is going to be affected by the moves from Kawhi Leonard demanding a trade, Le- LeBron James being a free agent, uh, you know, those those moves will reverberate, and uh, so so we talked about those. It was it, it was we, we talked about the Blazers specifically, of course, but um, you know it's an important off season for for the entire league. Uh, you know, basically everybody except Golden State. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I ho- hope you enjoy my conversation with Sean Hyken. Uh, the the mic is a little it sounds a little weird, but uh, it was still a fun conversation anyway. And we will catch you a couple more times before. Uh, draft night. So, until then. Hello and welcome to a Saturday edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. And I'm joined today by my buddy and the, my, the co-head of the network, uh, Sean Hyken. What's good? What up, dude? What's going on? There's a whole lot going on. For the, for like, we're like, what, three weeks until free agency? It's, it's The network's storylines are picking up. The, there's there's more content than ever before. I mean, we had Catfish Philadelphia uh, with the the Burner Saga. Uh, we have now Kawhi Leonard wanting a trade, wanting out of San Antonio officially, officially you know, officially unofficial. Uh, multiple reports suggesting that he wants out and that the the relationship can't be repaired. And so we have a lot to talk about. So lots of stuff. And then, of course, LeBron is a free agent. Paul George is a free agent. And all the noise, uh, 
you know, it seems to be pointing in in one direction pretty strongly, and that's uh, the Lakers. Yeah, that's kind of the sense I get, too. I don't really, obviously, I don't really have any actual inside information about what LeBron is going to do, because nobody really does, and it's all no. just kind of... Uh, we're all doing the best we can. We're all guessing, but it just, it seems like that's the destination that, that makes sense for him at this point, because, like, I don't think the Houston thing is real, because they would just have to do too much to make the money work to get him, and then... Uh, other than that, like, uh, the, the Philadelphia thing has never fully made sense to me because I feel like him and Simmons are kind of redundant. And, like, especially now, like, the team doesn't have a GM and there's all this. Like, I just, I just think the Lakers are the most logical play because they have the cap space to, to sign him outright. And he can, like, if he decides, like, oh, I don't want to play with these young kids and I don't want to deal with LeVar Ball, he can get Lonzo trading in a second. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't necessarily agree i know this is a blazers podcast but this all does affect the blazers you know in a you know in a big picture level um but the the lonzo thing i i kind of wish they would give him a shot i don't know like if if maybe if the spurs are asking for lonzo or something in, in a trade uh, I think what, I, I, every, everything I've actually read is the Spurs don't want Lonzo because they don't want to deal with Lavar. That would make sense. Uh, I just I just can't imagine Greg Popovich having that in his uh, everyday life. Yeah, yeah, that would be quite something uh, if that were to happen. But uh, you know, I think actually Lonzo, from a basketball standpoint, would actually fit really well with LeBron. Because uh, he doesn't really need the ball that much, he plays really good defense. Uh, he can, he store, sort of could shoot. Maybe he can get better at that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I think you know. I think eventually the 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 thing for the Lakers on multiple levels here, if they especially if they get Kawhi. Is like yes, in a vacuum they don't have the best package, but teams aren't gonna want. I mean, unless you're in a situation like Oklahoma City was last year, where you're desperate to keep Russell Westbrook and you're desperate to make a run so that you you know don't just completely bottom out. Uh, I mean, they had to take that risk. I don't know if necessarily you know Boston is in a position where they can be like, okay, let's give up Jalen Brown for a guy that we don't even know really wants to be here long-term. How do we feel about the Sacramento thing? Do we think they're desperate enough to actually give up a number two pick in Bogdanovich or something to, to get Kawhi, just to have one guy that's relevant, like, in the entire league, like, just because they're so, they're so desperate to have something relevant? It's so funny because I, I did honestly feel like at least in this last year, for the most part, they did some actually like good rational decisions. I felt like they, you know, drafted well. They they brought in some guys for you know kind of culture reasons to like be a more professional team, and they weren't gonna. They it didn't look like like they were taking as many shortcuts. Um, and, and this feels like the ultimate shortcut. I mean, and, and I don't think Kawhi is going to want to stay in Sacramento. I mean, I, see that's see this is the thing. Like, I think I think Kawhi is going to sabotage any. I mean, cl- clearly, like his people are not above sabotage, like doing whatever they have to do to get where they want to go. Like all the reporting, I think Woj had this, Amick had this, I think a couple of the other national guys had this, but the Spurs and 
Kawhi have not apparently had any kind of actual communication about this. Like, so basically what happened yesterday was Kawhi's agent or somebody in his camp texted, like, the five different reporters that had this story at the same time that he wanted to be traded without actually telling the Spurs first. So I think that kind of says, says a lot about, like, A, yes, the relationship is irreparable. I know there's been some spin since then that uh, they're going to try to meet with him and try to salvage it. But I think the fact that that happened, uh, like, tells me that it's probably irreparable. The fact that they went, they, they leaked it to, to reporters before they even talked to the team about it. And the other thing is, like, Clearly, like, that's the kind of thing they're willing to do. So if it comes, if, it, if they get word that a deal with Sacramento is, uh, is, is close or it's in talks, they're going to, like, do everything they can to leak that, oh, hey, Kawhi absolutely does not want to play in Sacramento. He will not resign there. Do not trade him to Sacramento. Like, like that's, like, that's going to happen. So he's going to go where he wants to go. And to me, that means either one of the L.A. teams, and I would lean towards Lakers at this point because I think they have a better package if they want to put it together. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily think Tobias Harris, you know, is gonna get it done. Yeah, I, for for. Well, they have the twelfth. They have the twelfth and thirteenth picks. If the, I, I mean, it it really depends on what the Spurs want to do. If the Spurs want to. I can't stay, imagine them going through a full rebuild at pops I, at pops age where he's at in his career. Like, I don't see that happening at all. Well, that's the thing. If they want to completely blow it up and start over and do a full rebuild, then you take the Lakers package and you get like Ingram and Kuzma and these young guys and just like, okay. But I, I, I don't think that. Or, or, or if they want to stay relatively competitive right now, like you said, and I agree with you that this is this might be what they're doing just because of where Pop is and also just because of where the roster is. Like, there's only so bad you can be when you have like Lamarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol and like Danny Green. You, you, they have too many decent NBA players or like for like you know all star type of guys to really blow it up unless they want to have a total fire sale and trade LaMarcus. And so I feel like with the, uh, you know, with, with the package the Clippers can do, you know, Tobias Harris, you know, he's a fine, he's a starting caliber small forward. He's on an expiring contract, but, like, he's a good player. And then, you know, you throw in, like, Boban, you bring Boban back to San Antonio. But then, if, you know, they have the 12th and 13th pick, so the Spurs can get some pieces that help them compete in the short term and also get a couple of lottery picks to get some more young guys. Like, I, I don't think that's the worst package in the world. It's certainly not as bad as it sounds on paper, if that's what they would be trying to do. Yeah, I, I think ultimately he ends up with the Lakers. I think, you know, uh, a lot of people have said this, and I, I know I saw a lot of reporters yesterday, you know, saying a lot of things that Popovich doesn't want to help the Lakers, and... It, it'll all be kind of like, you know, how Paul, you know, the Paul George trade, they didn't want to trade him to the Lakers. Um, and, you know, that that might that might be true, but I don't know if there's a team as desperate as Oklahoma City is to take a risk to, you know, dump a bunch of assets on a guy that's going to be there for one year. Like, I, I don't, like, after seeing what, is probably going to happen with Oklahoma City. I, I I mean I think this is what most people think is that he's going to go to the Lakers anyway. So it's like if Kawhi wants to go there, he'll he'll force his way there. And I think uh, Brian Windhorst said it earlier this year. You know, if someone wants to get traded somewhere now and they're a superstar, they can basically dictate where they want to go. Right. I mean, I think. I mean, he would have more leverage if it was next year when he could do the Chris Paul like opt in and force a trade type of thing, where he's like, I'm going to leave in a week. Like, it's a little. The Spurs. The only real leverage the Spurs have is that he still has one other whole year on his contract before he can opt out. But I mean, at this point, the Spurs like 
we, we, we both think that something is going to happen like this week or like or at least before July 1st, right? I can't see the Spurs really wanting to let this. And, and, and for that franchise and the way that they've handled things over the years, they don't really like to have drama just in general. This is the biggest drama that they've probably ever had in the entire Popovich era. Uh, I just don't see how they let this drag out into July. And like, so I think something is going to happen if not before draft night, at least, you know, in that week between the draft and free agency, that, like, there's going to be some kind of resolution to this. Yeah, no, I, it may not happen on draft night itself, but uh, it, it could definitely happen. Well, like, the PG thing happened on, what, June 30th last year. So, th- like, the day before free agency, uh, the Paul George trade went down. So, uh, you know, and that worked out better for... Um, uh, Indiana than I think most people realize than, than most people expected because Oladipo got really good and uh, Sabonis w- w- had a strong second season. Um, I, I know that there's been talk about I, I know some people on Portland on Blazers Twitter uh, have been floating you know Portland trying to get in the mix for Kawhi but I don't see that I don't see that I don't see Portland giving up a major asset for a guy that they're scared is a flight risk. And like we just talked about with Sacramento and we can say this with basically every team, you know, they, I don't think they really, the quiet the people can just be like, okay, well we're not going to resign there. So just like, just letting you know, like, are you, do you really want to make this deal? Cause we're definitely not going to resign with you. And I feel like Phoenix, I, I saw another report that Phoenix may be considering trading the first pick, which to me, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I can't believe that would happen either. Um, I, I just don't know if necessarily San Antonio's again, interested in that type of rebuild. Cause like the, the taking, a top pick means that you're going to be like, okay, well, we're going to wait a little. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and, and Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum all had insane years on playoff teams, so maybe uh, the the notion I'm you know promoting here is kind of is dated. But that could, I think this was just a special rookie class. I don't think uh, that we can expect that from this future class, and so I just don't think the Spurs are going to go for a, just a lottery pick. I think I think going with Brandon Ingram. Uh, is probably what they'd rather do because Ingram, I think, is a little bit closer to being, you know, really good. Right. That's the. I mean, I, I, I think, I think you're probably right about that. Now, if you know, let's, you know, let's say, you know, Philadelphia decides, you know, they want to make, you know, make a push and they risk, you know, they want to include, you know, Saric, you know, that that's another guy who's, you know, proven that he's a good player and like that's a guy that San Antonio could take on or like. If Boston decides they want to uh, include Jalen Brown, that's a guy now that has a couple of years of playoff experience and is a starting caliber guy on a two seed. And he's like, like that, like, like there are other. I think there are other teams that you know could give them guys like that where they're young enough that you know it's on this timeline where they're going to have them for a number of years. But they're also like good enough right now that yeah know, they could they could actually make an impact now and not have the Spurs completely bottom out. Yeah, I think I think the Celtics or the Lakers. I mean, I I mean, those are the two teams that I'm looking at for, you know, as the as the places where he could end up. It, I think ultimately, if they tell Boston like, hey, we're not going to go there. We're not. We don't want to stay in Boston. Uh, then that's that. You know, I don't think they're going to give up Jalen Brown. Well, one thing to keep in mind though is the Celtics weren't on Kyrie Irving's list 
of teams he wanted to go to. The teams he wanted to go to, the list that he had was the Timberwolves, the Spurs, the Knicks, and I think there was another one. That was... I think it was. The, I think the Heat. I think the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. The Heat. yeah. I think I think he opened up to the Celtics though at at a certain point though. Like he obviously okayed it. Like he just it wasn't on his first list. Well, right, but like I think I think there's you know there's potential. You know, you if you're if you're a team, you know, it's seems like what Kawhi's people want, considering like how hard they're pushing LA. They want to be in a bigger market. They want to be somewhere where there's more exposure. Okay, I mean the Celtics are a big market. They're on national TV all the time. They've gone to the conference finals the last two years. They're seen as assuming LeBron leaves the Cavs, like they're going to be seen as probably the favorites in the East. Uh, you know, they have a coach that everybody likes playing for. Like, like there's, you know, I, I, I could, I could see Kyrie Irving's people coming around to the idea of Boston more than they could. You know, let's say Philadelphia or Sacramento or where or wherever else besides LA. I think, I think out of any of those other teams, uh, Boston is in the best position if they're not on his list already to convince him. Okay, you know, I'll give this a shot. Yeah, no. I mean, they have a lot of things going for them. I, I almost wonder though if the Stevens thing almost works against them because part of me feels like also part of this the it is bigger market but part of this also feels like wanting the spotlight and or at least like being on a team where it's more about you as the players and doing you know what you guys do on the court and less about the coach and i feel like if you go to Boston and you're tired of Pop getting all the credit for your success, do you really want to go to Boston and have the same thing happen with Brad Stevens? Because that's that's what happens with the Celtics all the time. It's like no one talks about Jalen Brown. No one talks about Jason Tatum. They always talk about Brad St- or Al Horford. They always talk about Brad Stevens and. Will you rather to, have Le, Will you rather have LeBron or will you rather have Brad Stevens? That was an actual thing that an actual you know reputable national NBA reporter put out there as Twitter poll. Like that was actually a thing. This that's what I'm saying. So it's like to me, like yes, Stevens is regarded as the probably as like the the next you know closest thing to pop in the league. But I almost don't think that that's attractive to Kawhi given the way this entire thing has played out and the fact that he wants to go to LA. That he's interested on being on, you know, back in his hometown, and uh, it's hard for like I I feel like this the the that Stevens being such a well regarded coach actually hurts Boston. That's an interesting point, actually. But here's the thing: if we're talking about oh he wants to be in the spotlight, it, the only play then is the Lakers because even though the Clippers are in L.A., like even the last like five years when the Lakers were terrible and the Clippers were pretty good when they had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. It's not even close, like, what the more popular team in L.A. was and what the team was that got the most national attention. Like, if you, you, you're telling me, like, okay, let's say they do some, the Clippers do some trade with, like, Tobias Harris and picks or something for Kawhi. And then they have Kawhi uh, Leonard, DeAndre Jordan, and then whoever else they have. And then the Lakers have, you know, then the Lakers get, let's say they don't even get LeBron. Let's say they just get Paul George. Then you have, like, the Lakers team with, like, Paul George and all the kids, and then you have the Clippers with... Uh, Kawhi and DeAndre and uh, like you know uh, Milos Teodosic, whoever. The Clippers are probably the better team, but they're going to be so overshadowed in the city because now the Lakers are relevant again. And, and LA is you know LA is a Lakers town. It's not like the, nobody cares about the Clippers there, even when they're good. No, yeah, I mean the Clippers. That's that's one of the. It's just a truth. Like they nobody care about them. It's not like people that were Lakers fans suddenly became Clippers fans when 
they got Blake and Chris Paul and DeAndre and you know the Clippers are actually I think doing a really good job of like building like a sustainably you know good organization with Jerry West and Doc Rivers and like you know it feels like I mean they were pretty close to getting to the playoffs this year despite like a ton of injuries and well they were they played like 10 different guys from the G League that were on two-way contracts at different points like they you know they they have a good player development system in place now. It seems like they're 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 a good organization, but but no one cares. Kawhi, but no one cares. Kawhi, if you're Kawhi Leonard and you want to get out of San Antonio because you want to get more, I would say the Spurs have more juice nationally than the Lake than the Clippers do, despite the oh, LA versus oh, oh, San Antonio market difference. Absolutely, I there. I mean, the Spurs are a national franchise at this point. Like they're. Like, you go anywhere for a Spurs game, there's tons of people that are just fans of the Spurs from all over the country because of well, how good they've been. Yeah, They have, you know, the Tony Parker manager. Like, they have so many international guys who have been parts of these championship teams. They have kind of that worldwide uh, appeal, too. Yeah, no, I mean, the Spurs brand is, is very strong. And uh, it's... I just can't see him going to the Clippers after this. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think he eyes LA. I mean, Woj said it initially. You know that he specifically eyes the Lakers. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think this is this is really uh, wild stuff. Who would have thought that Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, w- would be the source of like the biggest drama so far in the NBA offseason? But um, it's. You know what? Five days now until the draft. Uh, five six days uh, until the NBA draft, which is going to be, I think, could be also very crazy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of. I, I talked to a, a guy yesterday. Uh, I talked to a player yesterday, and you know, I asked him about you know the summer, and he's like, "It's. I mean, this is. He's. It's going to be crazy. Like no one, because because anytime LeBron." has the 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 power no one knows what the hell is going to happen and now Kawhi put himself in play and like it's going to be chaos again um it's no, it's like there's also you know the Kawhi thing now that that's come up uh you know Paul George is probably going to go somewhere but then you know it, it, it there, there's just so much more like what's going to happen with DeMarcus Cousins I think he's probably going to end up re-signing in New Orleans but like that's a guy that's going to be interesting to uh you know, maybe maybe some team like Dallas gets desperate and throws a max at him. I don't know. Like like that's going to be an interesting thing. And even like some of the some of the some of the secondary like, like you know, let's talk about this is a Blazers podcast. Do you want to talk about CJ McCollum a little bit? Because that's a guy that you know, if the Blazers decide to meaningfully you know make a move, that's about that's kind of the move they have to make. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's also Zach Collins, which I think, but I think they're really high on him. That I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Uh, I think they should hang on to Zach Collins if possible. Like, when you you have a team that's as capped out as the Blazers are with, you know, mediocre contracts, and you have a guy who's that young and that promising on a rookie contract for three more years that's cost-controlled, that's the kind of guy you got to hang on to. I I, I see that. I I just – here's the thing. Here's my thing with CJ, though. And this is – this is – has always been my counter. Okay. Is there a trade out there that, like, you get a, a, a player that's definitively just as good as him back? Well, it's not as good as, because like, in a vacuum you can say, okay, a lot of guys are you know, not as good as CJ, but you, you, I feel like if you can get some more balance, like, on the wing or in the front, if you can get, like, something that helps them in a different position so that their whole team isn't these two really high-scoring guards and then, 
you know, a bunch of decent role players everywhere else. Like that, you, you know, I feel, I feel like a more balanced roster. Like it, it's just the kind of thing, you know what it's kind of like? It kind of reminds me of, you know, this, this whole Toronto thing. Like I wouldn't have fired Dwayne Casey because I think he's a really good coach, but you know, they've run back the same roster for several years. This is what its ceiling is. They had to make a change somewhere, and that was the move they had to make. I feel like if Portland is sort of in the same boat, like if they run this roster back, they're going to do the same thing they did this year, which is win 45 to 50 games, you know, get in the playoffs, get eliminated in the first round, maybe the second round, and then they're just kind of right back to square one. Uh, you know, and and I just feel like if they want to make any kind of move that's going to really you know meaningfully move the needle, like what what do they have that can get they they can trade and they can get something back that. That, that will actually move the needle or maybe make an impact. I think CJ is the only play they have because, like, nobody's taking Evan Turner's contract. Nobody's taking Myers' contract. You know, Aminu and uh, Harkless are pretty good role players, but, like, they're role players. They're not, like, the kind of guys you can trade and then get something back that's really going to make you materially better. So I feel like CJ is just the one chip that they actually have that they could cash in and maybe get something that would be an impact. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I definitely hear that. He's definitely really good. I just – part of the thing is, is like – I mean, I guess the part of the problem is, is that no star is ever going to say that wants out somewhere is ever going to say send me to Portland. Um, and, you know, if Portland could be like a, buy, like a buy low candidate on a disgruntled star or – the one idea that I have okay, is one that I put out yesterday and it's a little – it's a little far-fetched, but hear me out. It's If they could call Cleveland and say, hey, um, if LeBron leaves, this is if LeBron leaves. I like, think we, I think we could both probably, like, I, I, you can't 100% rule it out, but I think, I think it's like an 80, 80 to 90% chance LeBron leaves at this point. Yeah, okay, so they're probably going to have a fire sale after that. And, yeah. I, and I don't think that they want to be good and win games either. And I feel like they would want to do something that's a cost-cutting move and something that would, you know, help them be bad for one year. Like, they don't want to... Like, they need to get a high draft pick in 2019. Yeah, to, to, if LeBron leaves, they've got to get another draft pick on top of the one that they're going to get this year. Like, so this, this... Turner like, would be would be the move for them, for Kevin Love? I'm just saying, it's not... And then they become expirings the next year. <laughs> Report. Eric Gunderson reports that, uh, that, that, that the Blazers should trade Evan Turner and Myers Leonard to the Cavs for, for Kevin Love. That's, that's what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> yes. That's, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, it, you can, I mean, okay, you can, you can do that if you want. You're, you're starting to remind me of like those you know, Blazers... I'm just saying, how, like, how, how is that different from get, uh, some team getting Luol Deng's contract? Because the because the Lakers would be including like it wouldn't just be just be Luol Deng's contract for Kawhi Leonard it would be Luol Deng's contract to make the money work yeah and then, and then uh, they would be throwing in like Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram no okay first of all it wouldn't be Turner and Myers it would just be Turner and then a young player you could give them Collins if you want and you could give them a future first or something and like but you get Turner to make the money work. Like okay, that's that's a little that's a little different because if you're giving them actual stuff like that, then that becomes more palatable. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. Like, you obviously have to give up something. Like the trade I put on Twitter yesterday was like Portland sends a first or this year's first to Cleveland if you want, and then you get two first round draft picks this season. And Turner, while he's 
contract is not good makes much less money than Kevin Love. Like, I mean, and if you're a bad team, he could be a guy that soaks up some possessions and, and you know, does some stuff for you. I just, I don't think... He's, a, he, he, he was, he's an Ohio State guy, too, so he'd be maybe popular locally. That's, see, yeah, see, I, I just... This is why I don't think it's that crazy, and I think that there's a way to get someone good without giving up CJ McCollum. Because I, I just... This is just me spitballing, obviously. I don't know anything. I have not talked to anybody about this specifically. I was just on a trade machine last night, and I thought about it. But obviously Portland would give up a first-round draft pick. You give up, like, Collins or uh, Swanigan, if they like Swanigan, another Big Ten guy uh, who, who was played at Purdue. Um you know, I, I I don't think it would be the worst trade. I mean, like, and, and and certainly, you know, Cleveland would try to get rid of Tristan Thompson, and 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 maybe you listen to them about Tristan about taking on Tristan Thompson uh, if they really want to get rid of some money. Uh, you at this point, by the way, speaking of big men who might become overpaid, where where, where are you at this point on your? I don't. I don't think they're going to resign him. I. I. I don't. I. I. The more I think about it, I just they're so capped out. I. I unless they make a trade that lowers their that, unless they make a cost cutting move, you know, between by using their draft pick or something like that, between now and the and free agency, I have a hard time seeing them. He, like, I mean, they were the third seed in the West this year with him as the center for the entire year. And I know it sounds crazy to just say, like, let him go. But, uh, I mean, the, the cap situation is just so bad. Like, I just don't I just don't know if they can really afford to go into, the, like, go into the luxury tax for Yusuf Nurkic. I would say that if it comes down to making a choice between keeping Nurkic and keeping Ed Davis, I would prioritize keeping Ed Davis. Yeah. Um, I I think in terms of the locker room, also Ed Davis is just, he's going to be, he's always, he always finds a way to be effective no he matter. Plays no, he plays yeah. his role. He doesn't complain. He, 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 he's reliable. You know exactly. That's the, that's the thing with Nurkic is, I mean, when he's good, he's so good at both ends of the floor, but he's so inconsistent. Ed Davis, you know exactly what you're going to get out of him every night. Yeah, and, and, and I think, I mean, it's, it hasn't just been me, but, it, you know, a lot of people have also reported this. You know, the, the, the Blazers really love Zach Collins, and I think they, they believe that he's going to be, like, their big of the future. And I, really like Collins. I think he's really good. Yeah, I think he's good too. So I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I I, I think uh, Collins is, is going to be really good. And I think I think if they really think that, you know, it's time to give him minutes. It's time to give him, you know, twenty five to thirty minutes a night. And and in the playoff series, uh, he was playing in the fourth quarter of those games in the last few minutes, playing well. You know, looking like he was—he raised his level of play. That I mean, that was the 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 series sucked, but you know, because they got swept. But uh, the Collins showing that he could play playoff basketball at a high level 
was definitely the the best thing about Portland getting to the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I thought in, at least in those you know those couple of games that he got minutes the two the two in Portland, he looked like he you know for a rookie you know he looked like he really belonged out there in the playoffs. You know, he he did, I think did a better job on Anthony Davis than you know any of Portland's other bigs did. I think you know there's a lot to be and he's still very raw obviously and he didn't start getting minutes until the end of the season you know like the second half of the year but. I think there's a lot to look at Zach Collins' rookie season and be encouraged and say, you know, with another year of experience, he's probably going to play summer league again. Like with, with another year of experience, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, no, and, and it, I mean, he's. I think Mike Richmond, our, our buddy, said this earlier. You know, just how fast he because he he was not this the type of player that he was at the end of the season this year. Then he was the same player that I mean, excuse me, at summer league. Uh, I mean, he was getting pushed around at summer league. He was not n- not making shots. He was not, you know, looking comfortable offensively at all. And uh, in the in the regular season, he just he really developed that outside shot. It started going for him, and and he started to do a little bit too. You know, when guys closed out on him, you know, he put the ball on the floor, dribbled, drive. You know, made the pat, made the right pass, made the right play, and I I. That's why I think, I think ultimately that'll be a, a huge factor in whether they decide to re-sign Nurk because, uh, you know, if they really believe that Collins is is the guy in, of the future, then they, you know, they they have Ed as a backup because you don't want to pay two starting centers, you know, like that's that's I think ultimately what it comes down to because the, and then you have you know because you have a bunch of money committed to Myers anyway, so it's like I mean. It, I mean, it's just a fact of their cap. I just don't think they're going to re-sign Nurk. Yeah, no, I think that makes I think that makes a lot of sense. Which is crazy because Nurk was such a boost to this team. But I, mm-hmm. it's just it. I don't. It, it's um. That's just my my gut read. I don't know anything. I don't have any insight. But it's just, uh, well, I mean, I have a little insight. But just, <laughs> I, I, I just don't think that he's gonna that he's gonna. Uh, that, uh, it, it also it depends on the price. That's the other thing. It's like if the market is like so bad that Nurk has to sign for like a way, you know, lower deal than even Myers got. Like if he's making like five, like a mid-level, like do you think – I think Portland would definitely resign him. Like I think Portland would be willing to pay him the mid-level or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if it's that cheap, and, and it might be that cheap because there's really not going to be a lot of cap space for these restricted guys. Like, there there are certain, like, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Clint Capella is going to get a max. Like, I think I've, we've heard that Phoenix is going to offer him money. I think Dallas might do that. But, like, Clint Capella is going to get paid. And other than that, there's really, like, out of the restricted guys, like, there's, there's really not a lot of guys you can look, maybe Aaron Gordon or something, you can look at and say, okay, this guy is really, you know, teams are going to be really after him. And be throwing offers he's at him. It might be more like, uh, you know, when I was covering the Bulls last uh, season, Nikola Mirotic, you know, thought he was going to be able to go out and get a big offer sheet as a restricted free agent and get uh, and, and have a whole bunch, and then have the Bulls have to match it. He didn't get a deal. He basically like went out of the market, got no offers, and they did. They got a deal done, a, a shorter deal than they thought they would get done, uh, like basically the day before training camp started. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's going to be a, a thing, too. I mean, the Nurkic thing, the, the other thing about it, too, is that it might not be resolved for a while, like the example that you just used. Uh, you know, it could take a while because there's not a lot of cap space, and uh, we, we haven't seen a summer like this in a while where 
no teams have cap space really you know the last few years have been pretty crazy you know everyone's been flush with cash and now it's it's kind of the opposite you know portland's cap situation is really bad but you know i guess if, it, if it's any consolation is that a lot of teams cap situations are are tough right now so um yeah sean uh Anything uh, else you wanted to touch on uh, NBA wise before we, we wrap it up? Uh, not really. Like every everything seems like it's kind of like about to get crazy. We're gonna have to do this again. Like we got. Yes. We might, have, we might have to actually bring the network back for real. Yeah, we might have to. That we may have to. That would be that would be. Like so- we, took, we took we took a couple years off because of you know life situations that changed. But I think I think the streets are calling for it. I think they are. I think they are. Well. Um, Thank you, Sean. Follow Sean on Twitter at Hiken and uh, look out for all this stuff and keep listening to Lockdown Blazers. And we're going to have uh, some more draft podcasts coming your way uh, before the draft on Thursday. It's on Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday. All right. Okay. All right. Until next time. Yeah. yeah.